Hi, this is Pastor Furman with Lubbock Unified Church. Uh, you are listening to Messages on the Go. We pray that this message will bless you today and that you will receive a word from God that will help you in your life. If you ever want to visit us in person, feel free to stop by any Sunday, 2707 34th Street. Services are Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Or you can join us for a Wednesday night refuel service with some prayer, some worship, and a word every Wednesday at 6.30, same location. We would love to have you. Now, let's jump into this week's message. situations 
that we would move forward with you, that you would speak to us, you would encourage us, you would equip us for the road ahead. So Father, we just thank you for your love. We thank you for your gifts. We thank you for being constant, consistent. Help us learn to apply that to our faith and our walk with you. Father, we love you and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So at this point, there have been several women who have gone to the tomb, and then we're going to do some customs when it came to burial. And the reason they didn't do it before is because when Jesus was put in the tomb, the Sabbath was the next day. And the Sabbath, it was by law, required that you did nothing. That you relax, you stay home. So now that the Sabbath has passed, they run to the tomb, and they discover Jesus isn't there. So what do they do? They say, man, we got to tell some people about this. They run, they go tell the disciples. The disciples are like, I ain't trying to hear nothing you're saying. In those times when a woman said something, the men definitely didn't listen. And I guess that's still happening to today, right? <laughs> men have a hard time listening. <laughs> so the men went and checked it out for themselves. They said, yeah, they're right. He's not here. See, an angel had told them that Jesus had risen. That he was gone, but he wasn't gone. He was still alive. So everybody's trying to process everything that had happened in that weekend. Of how he was killed. How their hopes and dreams were dashed. And now he's gone, but he's alive. They're trying to make sense of it all. Church, many of us know what it's like when life catches you by surprise. When you're not prepared for something and it just hits you. And I pray just as we read God's word this morning that when we find ourselves in this place, we would find comfort and hope that God is still God. That Jesus is still alive. And that everything doesn't have to make sense for everything to still be okay. So I want us to start off with Luke 24 at verse 13. I'm going to read through the 16. And it said, the same day Two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking about everything that had happened. Jesus himself suddenly came and began to walk with them. But God kept them from recognizing him. You ever had moments in your life when something just completely catches you off guard? It shocks you. You're just lost. You're trying to make sense of it. You're processing it. But it's like you're walking in a fog. Sometimes when you're in that fog, you feel like, man, I don't know if I'm ever going to get past this, if I'm ever going to get through this. The thing is, whenever you're not a believer and you don't follow Jesus, we expect these things to happen, right? We expect life to have challenges. We expect life not to always be easy, to be fair. But when you become a believer, we kind of forget that that can still happen. A lot of times we think, okay, if I'm doing life with Jesus, I don't have to worry about the things that are coming my life. It's not going to be that bad. But the truth is, you're still going to experience things that maybe you're not prepared for. And I want you to take this away this morning. I want you to receive this from this text. Being a believer doesn't prevent you from experiencing shock. It doesn't stop it. Just because we're following Jesus, because we're walking with Jesus, doesn't mean that life isn't going to come with challenges or hard times. And that's the tricky thing. 
It's when you're following Jesus and something still comes that catches you by surprise. Because a lot of times we think, if I do life with Jesus, I'm going to be prepared for everything. But you never are. You never know it all. We live in a broken world that's filled with broken people that are simply trying to survive, trying to make it through. And following Jesus, it doesn't change the world that we live in. But it does change us in the world. There's not a follower of Jesus that has it all together, okay? There's not a pastor that has it all together. There's not a church. There's not a perfect place. There's not a perfect plan. We all get surprised. We all get caught off guard sometimes with what life throws at us. And I want us to understand that truth and sit in that truth. Especially when we're following Jesus. Because a lot of times it doesn't make sense how we can follow God's plan and it still look crazy. It still be difficult. It still be hard. See, a lot of times it's hard for us to move past our history of things we've experienced. It's hard for us to move past with the things that we know. And when we don't run to God in these moments, what we do is we run to what we know. We repeat things that maybe we shouldn't any longer. And that's where we got to learn, okay, even though this moment might be difficult, I need to go to God with this. I need to go to Jesus with this. Because when I don't do that, I know in the past, I've always run to things that weren't him. I've always found things that just made things even difficult, more harder. We got to learn that, church. We also got to learn and mature with not condemning ourselves or condemning our faith to something that isn't true. We got to learn that when we run to God, He's going to transform the things that we probably would have done in the past. He's going to upgrade our response. He's going to help us get through it. So that way we're not falling back into things. Because when we fall back, when we start condemning ourselves, start condemning our faith, what we do is we start to question God. When we start to question God, we start to give doubts. We birth doubts. Well, God, if you're good, why is this happening? Well, God, where were you in this? Well, God, why aren't you doing this? We start to have all these questions. We really turn into them carrots. I need to speak to the manager, Jesus. <laughs> this doesn't make sense. And you said, if I did life with you, my life was going to be blessed in abundance. Where's this abundance at? Why am I going through this valley? Why is this so difficult, so hard? We start going to God's room. And it's crazy that we read the text and it said that God didn't allow them to read, to recognize Jesus, that he remained silent. Because we struggle with silence, church, don't we? If God is quiet, we're like, where is God? God isn't here. Amen. He must have dipped out on me. He must have left. But I want you to understand that God's silence doesn't equal his absence. Mm -hmm. It's not the same. Just because you don't hear him, though you don't feel him, doesn't mean that he's not there. A lot of times, the problem is we're doing a lot of talking. Yeah. And it's hard, to, it's hard to listen to somebody if you're doing all the talking, right? You ever know somebody that's just like having a real hard time? And they're just like fire hydrant. They're just talking, talking, talking. And you're trying to encourage them. You're trying to love on them. But you're like, I can't even get a word in. <laughs> that's how we do God a lot of times. That's how we pray to God a lot of times. How many of us just sit there and pray to God and just be quiet and be silent? Lord, would you speak to me? 
Now, a lot of times you're like, God, I need this, this, and this, and this, this, and this. And Lord, do you know about this? And he just sitting there like, it's hard for me to talk if you don't give me room. So maybe the reason that God is silent is because we won't stop being loud. Maybe that's part of the reason why we can't recognize him. Why our focus is so on the wrong things, the things that are hurting us, the things that are difficult. And I'm not saying that you should have it all together, that this is going to be easy. Because that's impossible to have it all together. It's okay not to be okay. That doesn't make you a bad Christian. God isn't going to be mad at you if you're struggling. He understands your situation. And what do we read? It said Jesus came alongside and was walking with them. Even when we don't realize it, he's always walking with us. He's always present. It's a part of maturing in our faith to help us not allow our emotions to overtake us. And this is something that has been repeated throughout history with people. When you read the word of God, you read about the Israelites. And you read about how Moses was leading them to the promised land that he had. And one of the things that God did before they arrived to that destination is he gave them a word and a promise. And then Moses died. Joshua took over. And again, God gave them the same word and promise. And then even when you go to the New Testament, you see that Paul encourages with the same word and promise. And I want this to be written on our hearts. So I, I want to share with you exactly what the word of God says. So I want to read in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 31. It says, for the Lord your God is a merciful God. So that's something to sit in right there. All right. Even though this is difficult, this is way less than what it could be. It says he will not abandon you or destroy you or forget the solemn covenant he's made with your ancestors. That's a promise you can stand on. That's a word we need to reflect on. And then he tells Joshua this after Moses passed away. In Deuteronomy 31, verse 8. Don't be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will never fail you nor abandon you. Then I want to read what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. It says, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. See, being a believer doesn't excuse us from having a challenging road to travel. Still, we have to learn to be anchored on Jesus, to be anchored in the word, so our emotions don't blind us from God's truth. So his silence will hinder us recognizing his presence. So that's where we find them. Those believers are traveling. They're talking amongst each other. They're trying to make sense of it. And they're walking away really from what they know. Everybody's still in Jerusalem. A lot of people are still staying. and They're trying to make sense of it. They say, you know what? Let's go to Emmaus. Let's get out of here. Maybe this will help us clear our minds. But isn't it so good that even when we start to drift away from what we know, when we start to walk away, 
that Jesus is still walking with us? Because a lot of times we think, okay, if I start to drift away, I don't know if I'm able to get back to where I was. But what did we just read? We're never abandoned. God is never going to fail us. A lot of times we view what God is doing as a failure because it didn't go the way that we wanted. But God never fails. He just had other plans. I want us to read now, continuing with what happened with these believers. In verse 17, it said, He asked them, What are you discussing so intently as you walk along? And they stopped short, sadness written all across their face. Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard all the things that has happened the last few days. What things, Jesus asked? The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and they crucified him. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. Then some of the women from our group, his followers, were at the tomb early this morning, and they came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing, and they had seen angels who had told them that Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to see, and sure enough, his body was gone just as the women had said. So they're walking, and they're trying to make sense of it all. And it says, man, Jesus saw what was going on. He's like, okay, they really in their feelings right now. And he comes alongside them. You can see the sadness written on their face. That's a lesson right there, church. That we don't have to be Jesus or God to recognize when somebody else is going through something hard. You don't have to be a prophet to see that a brother or sister is struggling. Part of that problem, though, is a lot of times when we see people in needs, we see people that need help. Sometimes we don't go about things the best way. Sometimes we're so compassionate and so overbearing that we just jump right in, get in people's business. They're like, hold oh, up, I don't even know you like that. You're coming up my spine. But what did Jesus do? He walked alongside of them, and then he asked them a question. And Cleopas responded like most of us do. He did get a smart reply. He said, what you mean you don't know what's going on? Where you been? See, everybody was in Jerusalem for the Passover celebration, so everybody had seen or had heard about Jesus coming in and then Jesus getting killed. Jesus not being in the tomb, man, that was the gospel of the time. That's the tea that everybody was sipping, okay? That was the cheese mop that everybody was talking about. And a lot of times, when somebody asks you something and you're in your feelings, we don't always respond the best way, right? A lot of times we respond out of emotion. We respond kind of in our feelings. Especially when somebody asks us a question that we're like, man, everybody knows the answer to this. Why are you asking me this? And that just brings me to something that I want us to receive and take away this morning. I want you to take this away. When we don't give to Jesus, we feed to our emotions. When we're not bringing to his feet, it's staying with us. And you know, if it stays with us, I don't know. 
This is not going to be handled well. And Jesus saw this. He saw them swimming in their feelings, feeling soggy. And he said, you know what? I need to come alongside them. Now let me ask some questions to lead them to open up, to express what they're thinking, what's going on. If you ever go to counseling, that's what you find counselors do. A lot of people think, if I go to counseling, it's going to save my marriage. It's going to fix me. They're going to have the answers. Counselors don't have a lot of answers for you. But they do have a lot of questions. They do have a way of using what you are saying to open you up in ways that bring relief. In ways that bring healing. Jesus used leading questions to open them up. And that's surprising, right? Because we think about God, we think, okay, if God is all-powerful, he's all-knowing, he knows my situation, I need him just to come and tell me what I need to do. Sometimes we forget that we still need to go and talk to God about these things. That we need an outlet to pour it out on. Because if we're not going to God, we're going to find something else to pour it out on. And a lot of times, it's going to come out in ways that are going to hurt us down the road. He wants us to share our thoughts, our struggles, our excitement, our joy, our doubts, our questions. He wants us to bring it all to him so he can help us process it. Have a healthy way to work through it. Because when we don't do that, man, sometimes with emotions, you're feeding that, that monster. You go from zero to 100 real quick, right? Sometimes you yourself become toxic because you're just so caught up in your emotions, you're drowning. And you're trying to find a way out. A lot of times you're pouring it out on everybody else around you. You're pouring gasoline on the fire. It's only a matter of time that you start to burn things that are in your path. We have to learn to give it to Jesus and not just feed our emotions. I want to read something out of Ephesians chapter 4. I really feel like it touches on this in a way that we need to hear this morning. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 26 through 27 says, Don't sin by letting your anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. When you read the definition of anger, it says that it is a strong feeling that provokes us. But if you took the word anger and you just replaced it, depression, Anxiety, all these different doubts that we have, all these different emotions. If you plug that in, and when they are super strong, when they are overtaking us, you know what happens? We push Jesus out the wheel, right? Say, get in the passenger seat, get in the back seat, and those emotions start to drive us. Those emotions allow a lot of times to give the enemy a foothold in our life, to start to drive us in directions and do things that we shouldn't do. We have to be careful when we're giving the enemy a foothold. Some of the biggest mistakes that I've ever had in my life were times when I allowed my emotions just to go crazy. Where I was responding out of them, I was thinking out of them, I was acting out of them. The process of hurting people, I'm doing all these things, it's never getting better, it's always getting worse. And the thing that I was in search of, I wasn't going to. I thought if I found my answers in all these other things, that's what's going to help me control what I'm feeling. But the truth is, it's only Jesus that can help you regain control. Amen. It's only Jesus that is going to find healthy ways for you to filter what you're feeling, what you're going through. God 
God isn't going to wrestle you into talking. He's not going to force you to do it. It's something we have to choose to do. We have to have the knowledge to do. We have to practice and try to do. But when we do include him, when we do allow him to walk with us, man, you will find a healthy way to process what you're feeling and what you're thinking and what you're going through. Sometimes that means that the response you get from him is not the response you were seeking, but I promise you that it does come in love. Sometimes what he tells us, it makes us feel foolish, but it's not because he's trying to belittle you. He's, he's trying to make, really shake you up and wake you up. And I want to read what Jesus responds to them after they tell him all these things. Because I feel like he tells them stuff like this a lot. I want to read in verse 25 through 27 from Luke 24. Said, then Jesus said to them, you foolish people. I feel like God tells me that a lot. Son, come on, you're smart. Man. You find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? And then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining all the scriptures for things he concerned himself. That's the beauty of Jesus. He's not going to beat around the bush. He's a truth teller, and sometimes truth is going to hurt. Sometimes love is hard to receive when it exposes your foolishness. Still, man, I'd rather be corrected than drift away. I'd rather you be honest with me than lie to me. Amen. I'd rather be in a church where people are like, Pastor, you know you was being rude, right? Pastor, you know what you said was, was really offensive, and you didn't say the right thing. I need y'all to keep me accountable. Because if I'm filled with nothing but yes, man, if you are filled with nothing but yes, man, man, you're going to find yourself drowning in those emotions. You're going to find yourself feeding those emotions. Jesus is always going to be truthful with us, whether we want to receive that or not. We've got to position ourselves to receive it. But I love that Jesus didn't just say some things and just walk away. What did he do? He's talked to them and he said, look, let me explain some things. Let me go through God's word. So you don't just hear my voice, but you see it for yourself. And that's what I want you to take away as well. Reading God's word reestablishes us on a firm foundation. It repositions us. It recenters us. Occasionally, we forget what we know when we focus on the things that we don't know, that we don't understand. Many believers at this time... They were Jewish, so they were raised to know the scriptures. They were raised to know the writings of Moses, of the prophets. They knew all these prophecies. They knew all these things. They had this perspective that the Messiah that was coming to save them was going to be a military savior. Meaning that he was going to overthrow the Roman Empire. He was going to free them physically. But they didn't realize is that Jesus was a spiritual savior. That was going to save them from their mistakes, from their sins. When our hopes and our dreams are in the wrong place, it's going to be inevitable that our feelings, too, are going to be in the wrong place, especially when things go wrong. These believers, they believe in Jerusalem. They were feeling defeated. They're like, man, I don't even know. What they didn't realize is in that defeat was actually their victory. And that's the thing about God. That's the beauty of God. Many of the victories that we have are going to come at our lowest moments. It's going to come at times that we feel defeated. At times that we said, man, this doesn't make sense. Of course it's not going to make sense to you. 
Because if you could do it, you wouldn't need God. So a lot of times God allows things in our life that are hard, that are difficult, because it also reminds us of the God in our life. It also reminds us of his goodness, of how powerful he is, of how loving, how kind, how merciful he is. A lot of times it helps us remove our will to learn his will. That's what reading his word does. It reestablishes us on that truth. I know I talked about it a couple weeks ago, how the fight is fixed. So even when the outcome looks like a defeat, it's actually a, a, a harvest of his glory getting ready to come. When we replant ourselves in God's word, we're reestablishing that foundation that we need so we can keep moving forward, so we can keep building up. Because when we're not centered, everything's off balance. The word of God talks about that when you're not centered on his word, that a lot of times life and its troubles are going to toss you around like waves in the wind. And I see that all the time. I see people say, man, I believe in God. I have faith in God. But they just get blown about. You ever seen them things? Just blow them. <laughs> That's how we are a lot of times. But when you are on God, it don't matter how much you blow, you stand as firm. You're not blown away. I shared with the guys a couple weeks ago, I have trampoline in our backyard. The thing's all being crazy. I didn't have it anchored down. When we aren't anchored down in God's word, we're going to get blown away. The trampoline is all in pieces in my backyard right now. <laughs> the kids be like, damn, you don't feel it. It looks crazy. Man, we got to plan ourselves on God, on Jesus, on his word. I want to read what happens next. It says, by this time they were nearing Emmaus, they entered their journey, and Jesus acted as he was going on. But they begged him, stay the night with us, since it's getting late. So we went home with them, and he sat down to eat, he took the bread, he blessed it, he broke it, he gave it to them, and suddenly their eyes were open. They recognized him, and at that moment, he disappeared. They said to each other, didn't our hearts burn with us as we talked on the road and we explained the scripture to us? And within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. There they find the 11 disciples and the others who have gathered with them. It's funny how it says that Jesus acted as he was going to keep going. If we want to see God's power, our faith activated in our life. What we see in that passage is we got to actively seek Jesus. He's never really going to abandon you. He's never going to fail you. Even though sometimes we get that impression, we get that feeling. But we have to be active too in seeking him. And did you catch what happened? It said the guests ended up being the host. They invited him in for the meal, and then before you know it, he was there serving them. He was feeding them. That's a meal for us, Lord. And we gotta learn. It's hard to get served at a table if you're not present at the table. We want to be fed by God, we got to be spending time with God. We want to work from God, we got to make opportunity and room to hear from God. You can't just expect to have something and you're not investing in it. But once their emotions, their life got re-anchored in God's word, their emotions followed. And that's the thing about the word of God. The purpose of the written word 
And so you could experience the living word. That means the more that you read it, the more that you apply it, you start to actually see it play out in your life. You say, well, I don't understand how I can have peace without understanding. But then before you know it, when you live it out, you may have peace in the middle of chaos. God's word is alive. We have to learn to walk with it. It went from leaving the fellowship of other believers, drowning in the heartache, to returning to the place that they were just in distraught. So God's word helps us recognize Jesus in our situation. It helps us open our eyes to what we're missing. It redirects us back from the things that we get away from. And this is what I want to challenge us all with this week. That we would get anchored. We would get anchored in his word. Because what did we say? If we're not anchored in his word, man, we're going to start to feed those emotions. Yeah. If we're going to feed those emotions, man, we're going to feel like God is silent. He's not present. We're going to start drifting in all kinds of different directions. But we see the reverse of that, right? If you want to get anchored, just read his word. If you want to get anchored, man, give it to God. Talk to him about it. If you want to get anchored, don't stand on what your situation is saying. Stand on what his truth says. God wants us all to be angry because life is tough. The road ahead is going to be difficult sometimes. I don't know if I shared with y'all. I know I did a couple of last year, right? We had all this trouble with our houses and all these different things. We finally find a house, right? We move into it. It's a bad situation that gets even stickier, okay? Don't just take over somebody's lease without talking to the property people, all right? So put that out there. It's a lesson. But I found myself in an even worse situation that this dude that had said everything was up to date hadn't paid the rent. That he said he was going to talk to the property people he never did. He was dodging them. And I finally went to talk to him like, hey, we've been trying to get this lease changed over. And they tell me, hey, you owe this much money, this, this, and that. And I was like, oh, Lord, we might be moving out. <laughs> but God gave me a piece that I don't have to worry about figuring out the details. That I had to go to him with it. That I had to trust him in the process. <laughs> So whether that mean I was going to have to move out or I was going to get it to stay, either way it was going to be for his glory. Whether I understood it or not, it's not for me always to try to make sense of. Well, my job is stay angry. My job is, is to give it on to him. My job is not to allow my emotions to overtake me that I end up taking it out on my wife and kids. <laughs> Yesterday we went to the Love of Art Festival. Boy, I was finna go off on all my kids. <laughs> I love them, but I was in my emotions, y'all. I said, everybody get out the car right now. Y'all going with y'all's mama. <laughs> I did. I drove home and I felt foolish. Like, boy, what is he doing? My bad, Lord. Emotions, church, man. You got to be careful with them. I'm going to pray for us right now before we go into a time of worship that we would get anchored in the Lord. Father, we thank you that, man, we could just learn so much by just spending time with you, by reading your word, by applying your word. A lot of times, Lord, we're always looking for answers in all the wrong places, but I pray that you would be the place we would run to. That we wouldn't run to things of our past, things of our comfort, but we would run to your truth. That before we would pour out what we're feeling or what we're experiencing to anybody else, it would be poured out to you. 
Father, you said that you would never leave us, that you would never fail us. You're not going to abandon us, Lord. A lot of times we question that whenever we're in a hard place. But you promised to walk with us through those valleys. You promised to sit us in the presence of our enemies. And that's something that we say we understand, but we never really do until we're actually going through it. And so, Father, I just pray this morning that whether we have the answers to that we're seeking or not, that we would just trust you. That we would walk with you. We wouldn't try to walk ahead of you. But we would be anchored. Anchored on you, Jesus. Anchored on your word. Anchored on your Holy Spirit. So, Father, we just thank you for this gift. We thank you for the blessing. We thank you for your mercy in these situations that sometimes are, are beyond words. Father, we thank you that you would use this to, to bring glory to yourself in ways that bless us in the process. So, Father, we just thank you for this this morning. We, we lift up everything to you and just pray this in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening today. Uh, follow us online at Lubbock Unified on all platforms. And as always, if there's any way that we could help you, please get in contact with us. Other than that, join us next week as we continue to find ways to cross over. God bless.